Welcome to Season 4 of Marla by the Numbers, the podcast from the International Association of Fairs and Expositions with your host, Marla Calico, the President and CEO of the IAFE. Podcast number 28 is sponsored by ETIX. Today's guest is Tasha Heider with the Clay County Fair in Florida, and the topic is Five Tips for Community Engagement. Let's listen in. Welcome, everyone, to this very special edition of our podcast. I am so thrilled to have my guest today, Tasha Heider, who is the executive director of the Clay County Fair, not in Iowa, but in Florida, the one that uh, happens in April in Green Cove Springs, Florida, just south of Jacksonville. A great community fair. Um, and Tasha has done some amazing things with that fair that we want to hear about today. But before we do that, let's meet Tasha. Tasha, tell us a little bit about how you came to be in the fair business. Yeah. Hi, Marla. Thanks for having me. Um, and also, thank you for distinguishing Florida and Iowa. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, it's my life mission to distinguish the two. But, uh, yeah, born and raised in Tennessee, moved down here for college, graduated with a master's degree from the University of North Florida. Um, my background is in parks and recreation. I used to build um, playgrounds and um, plan events for the local town. So um, coming into filling some big shoes from Pete Sutton, who was a legend in the fair industry. And I always laughed. Everyone told me I had big shoes to fill. And I said, that's fine. I wear size 10. So I have big <laughs> Um, But all jokes aside, Pete's been awesome. And I've been here eight years now. A, a time has flown. Can't believe it's been that long. Wow. So, yeah. Happy to be here. That is hard to believe. And and just a little bit about your fair, because your fair and fairgrounds is a little bit different from many across the country in that you are a tenant only for the duration of the fair, right? You do not run non-fair events, correct? Yeah, we're a little weird. Um, we own property around the internal parts of the fair, and then the county actually owns the internal parts and like two parking lots. But we only do a fair. That's all we do. And we have an RV park. And how many board members do you have? I have 13. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky me. <laughs> Lucky you. And I know that they're young and energetic and we're glad and maybe we can have a chance to talk about that a little as we go. Well, I know from watching you and I think you first came on my radar about 2016 when I was watching on Facebook, there had been a hurricane event over on the east coast of Florida and it was impacting your county but not impacting the fairgrounds. And the next thing I know, I see this whole social media of our fair cares and you were opening up the fairgrounds. If somebody needed an RV, come plug your phone in at our office. And then the next thing I knew, you were collecting diapers and food and dog food all at your office. And then you engaged a radio station and people to serve food and, and you just were engaging the community. So, and I know you've done several other things since, but I think what we want to tap into your expertise today is to tell us five ideas for engaging the community to get results like you have. Yeah. So everything you just said, I'm exhausted just hearing you. Um, <laughs> and what I've learned since, because we've done that a couple of times since 2016, and it just takes off, it grows. So you put it out, it's like the field of dreams, build it and they'll come. Um, same thing with giving back to the community, just set it up and let the community do the work. But um, some tips that I have with engaging community, number one, donation drives. We do a lot of those. We work with local charities, local nonprofits. It fits from, we did a Christmas toy drive. 
Uh, we started out with one, ended up adding another one. So then we helped two organizations with our Christmas toy drive. Uh, we adopt a school every August. We pick a local school and we provide supplies to the teachers. That's always a good thing. Uh, we post about it on social media. So people come on there and say, good job, Clay County. We do at the gate during the fair, we have donation collections. So we take up for the, food, the local food pantry, our local animal shelter and school supplies for a local nonprofit to um, fill their closet for supplies. And then um, we also organize supplies throughout the year with local nonprofits as well. So whether they need us to collect dog food or cat food, we'll set up and put it on our social media. Hey, we're doing this. Or we'll simply just go out and buy the supplies and it's part of our fair cares. And then obviously we did the big one, the hurricane supply drive, um, Hurricane Ian. That's our big one from 22. We ended up sending down 12 semi trucks full of supplies to uh, Southwest Florida. I'm still blown away. Um, I think that's funny, right? A hurricane and I'm blown blown away with the support we received on that. Our local media partners really stepped up and helped us with that. I would have been happy. My goal was to one semi truck and we ended up with 12. So it was just amazing. That was awesome to watch. And as I recently explained at a workshop that I was doing, I called you a force of nature, <laughs> that you were able to rally the kind of support, not only in your local community, but across our IFE network. I know yeah. that there were fairs and fair people who donated money. But my guess, my favorite part of the story is that your friend Kara at the Mercer County Fair yeah. in Salina, Ohio, they gathered supplies and sent their own semi-truck down to you. Marla, that was just so cool, right? Like thinking back, on, I mean, it was cool in the moment, but now like you have a moment to step back and just think about what actually happened. Um, I mean, it just puts a smile on your face and just shows you what kind of industry we're involved in. But yeah, Kara sent down a full semi-truck. I was, what? Like, seriously? Thank you. But I mean, she wasn't the only one that, I mean, obviously it was the largest one, but um our entertainers sent money. We had mm-hmm. donations from um, our vendors, Sapphire, Degler, other fairs sending us cash to go out and buy things. So um, other fairs sending over supplies. We had Wisconsin, all the way from Wisconsin, New York, um, all over the place. It was just amazing. It, it was awesome. <laughs> well, and I think that's a testament to how you've gotten involved in our association. You've stepped up. You're an ambassador. You're always involved in committee leadership and willing to share your expertise. But that was a massive undertaking. And so, <laughs> you know, the donation drives that you've done all along, which was news to me. I didn't know you had done all of those things. Um, I'm sure that builds, and I know you are an expert in social media and know how to do it. But I am curious, Do you hap- did you even tally up the number of volunteer hours from your board of directors and other community members just on the Hurricane Ian relief? Do you have any idea? It was a lot. I mean, we did, I and mean, we can quickly do the math. We were in there probably 12 hours a day, and we did, we had up to eight volunteers per day for two weeks. And that included the weekends. <laughs> um, and then once we got through those two, that two week window, um, I brought it down smaller. So it was myself and like two other people. And we continued for a solid month. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I was just told yesterday, we're still getting phone calls from people wanting to know if we're collecting donations. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's fair time. We, we are not a donation center here. So um, it's funny. 
didn't plan for that, but uh, um, well, a lot of hours. Yeah, yeah. So it you started small, and but it has grown, and it's obvious that um, you have seen the results of what happens uh, when you do these donation drives. You are touching the lives of a lot of people, who then in turn drives your community engagement. I'm sure. Yeah, and Marla, that was something I was going to add too. The other thing we're noticing is sponsors. They saw what we did and now they understand the organization that they want to be a part of. So we've actually gotten sponsorships out of what we did from the hurricane drive. We have a lot of guests that are playing. They've never been to the fair, but they saw what we did to help people. And now they want to come attend our fair. So um, I'm interested to see how that pans out during our fair this year. Absolutely. Well, so tip number one, don't be afraid of doing some donation drives and we can see that pays big. What's tip number two? So tip number two is get creative um, and partner with outside of the box things. So um, when you think of fairs, you kind of tend to think of the rides, the food and the agriculture side. But we partnered with artists with our picnic project which um, probably my favorite project we've done since I've been here. Um, I still love it, but we've partnered with local charities and 16 local artists, and we painted the picnic tables and displayed them throughout the fair. And then the tables were auctioned off and all of the money raised went right back to the charities. So um, the fair didn't make any money on this, but boy, did we get a lot of people talking about it. Um, Friends were tagging other friends like, you need this table. Uh, you need to bid on this one. The local charities were posting on their social media. Hey, check out our table. You can buy it. Our artists were posting on it. So we were able to dip into a whole different demographic that we probably wouldn't have been able to touch outside our normal realms. So Yeah. And as I recall, those picnic tables were basically destined to become trash because they <laughs> yeah. were kind of old and beat up. And your yeah. concept was to turn them on the end and let it be a palette for the artist. And so really they became a, a true work of art in all of that. And how many of them did you do? Um, 16 last year. And we had 20 that we're able to do this year. And then we're out of the picnic table business. So then I've got to figure out what to do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've been switching our wooden picnic tables over to recycled plastic picnic tables. Mm-hmm. So we're like, all right, what do we do with these? And we didn't want to fill up the landfill because, I mean, they weren't in terrible condition. They just weren't able to be at an event for safety mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. But mom and pop sticking it on their back patio, they were fine for that. So, yeah, we have 20 and I think I have 25 nonprofits signed up. But mm-hmm. We're going to do it again this year and then we'll see what 24 has in store. So did... Connecting with those nonprofits, that creative part of of finding partners that we normally wouldn't look. Were you using that on the strength of people that you just knew from the community? Did you just have a list and start cold calling? How did you go about that? Yeah, so we actually stuck it on social media and told people to tag their favorite charities, and they did. Um, So then, obviously, all these local nonprofits are getting the notification, and they went and checked it out. And here we are with 20-some nonprofits wanting to get involved with it. So Absolutely. Well, and I hope you have as great a result with the artist as you did last year. There, there were some phenomenal pieces of art that you had last year. Well, that's great. Well, I think we've got time for one more tip before we take a short break. What's okay. tip number three? So number three would be gate rewards. So we reward our group volunteers. So if you're struggling to find volunteers, um, something that we're doing at our by the way, we are an all-volunteer-based fair. Forgot to mention that. There's only 
three and a half of us that actually get paid to do this. Everyone else that you encounter, they're a volunteer. So um, if you're struggling to get volunteers at your gate or guest services or anywhere else in your fair, something that has been very successful for us, they have to um, dedicate, they have to commit to half of a day to volunteer at the gate and they have to bring a certain amount of people and we will donate $500 to their calls. So um, it's been very successful. We started doing this right after COVID because um, our volunteer base went down like many others did. Um, mm-hmm. The older generation just weren't, they weren't coming out like they used to. So um, we did this and it's still going strong and it's it's a successful thing that we do. That's excellent. Um, do you recall right off the bat what the total sum of money is that you expend for these yeah. gate rewards? $15,000 is our budget for that. So um, we haven't got, because people bring so many people from their organization that it kind of fills up everything. Mm-hmm. So we actually haven't spent 15000 yet. That That is fabulous. And what a great way, because I know from my experience as a fair manager and my own Kiwanis Club is a local Kiwanis Club helping at the fair in a very similar situation. I know that the money that we earned as our gate rewards turned right around into the community. We bought, you know, my Kiwanis Club, we bought shoes for first graders. So the amount of good that that money is churning into for your community has to be awesome. Yep. And it just takes them showing up and scanning or selling some tickets. It's not a hard job. Um, and they get to go to the fair afterwards. So that was part of our selling points, too. <laughs> good, good. And I love how you have uh, creatively titled it as Gate Rewards. So um, that's fabulous. Well, uh, Tasha, if you don't mind, we're going to take a short break for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll come back to hear the final two. Over 100 fairs across North America trust eTix as their total ticketing and marketing partner. Visit hello.etix.com to learn about cashless solutions for rising games, free custom websites, cash store management, and client support every step of the way. Hello.etix.com. And we're back with Tasha Hyder, the executive director of the Clay County Fair in Grieve Cove Springs, Florida. That's a little bit hard to say. <laughs> uh, and we are talking with Ta- with Tasha about her awesome ideas for engaging the community. We've heard her talk about the successful donation drives that they have done, uh, accumulating with the awesome, awesome turnout for Hurricane Ian relief. We heard about the picnic table project where they get creative and partner with groups that we normally wouldn't think about partnering with. And then most recently, Gate Rewards, providing a cash incentive to local groups to volunteer at the gate for this all-volunteer run fair. And those are fabulous. So, Tasha, what's tip number four? So, tip number four is include everyone. Um, If you've met me, you know I preach a lot about inclusion. Um, Our fairs are meant for everyone, and we should be thinking about everyone. So um, we have brought in sunflower hours. Um, We have an unlimited, and I'll talk about sunflower hours as well, but um, we have sunflower hours, an unlimited opportunities goat show, and an unlimited opportunities art and um, creative show. So um, we try to touch based on everything to make sure everyone has something to be able to um, come enjoy the fair, show off their artistic abilities, or get in the show ring and um, be the star in that realm as well. So last year we started Sunflower Hours, and it's basically a set of hours that um, if you have invisible disabilities or if you just need a little bit more time to get around the fair, then you can come. Um, we tone down the sounds, we tone down the lights and the smells of the fair. 
Now, obviously, we're not going to be able to completely get rid of all of that because it is the fair. We're working with what we're working with, but we do tone it down enough for people to come out and enjoy. So um, we ask other guests, if they don't need to be at the fair during that time, please don't come. Let's dedicate that time for people who need um, a less crowded experience at the fair. So, so I have a question about that. Was that a particular day or every day? Yep, it's one day. Um, right now, it's our first Saturday, and it's in the morning. So we do 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. last year, but it was super successful. So we're adding a couple more hours this year. Now, after we go through this year, we'll see if we need to add it to additional days. But um, mm-hmm. we've got the Saturday, and then our senior day is also our inclusive day. So we kind of had two days for that one. Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. And uh, I know that you won an award with the Florida Festival and Events Association for that that program. And I know a lot of people are paying attention to it. So tell me about this Unlimited Goats and Unlimited Art. What's that about? Yeah. So, um, you know, we have the, our pig show, steer show. We ended up doing an Unlimited Opportunity Goat Show because of safety reasons. We didn't want a steer to pull the kids if they weren't ready or pigs kind of have a mind of their own. So, um <laughs> We did goat show. It's basically a goat show and um, we have a buddy system. So our FFA and 4-H kids will pick a buddy and they're teamed up with them probably six months before the fair. And they meet up outside of the fair. They go through training. They go through um, all sorts of stuff and they come out to the fair. It's one of our most beautiful days at the fair because grandparents, um, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, they're in the stands with their little signs. It says like, go Caleb, go Jacob, <laughs> um, lots of tears. And it's just, a it's a beautiful day. Yeah. And you do the, something similar in, in like with art, like in we your do. competitive exhibits area? Yes. Um, very similar situation. Uh, we have a certain section in the creative arts building and um, they showcase their art, their watercolor, their crafts. And then grandparents and parents can come and show off their, see what their kids did. So, mm-hmm. and they get That's, the blue ribbon. <laughs> everybody gets a blue ribbon? No, it's very competitive. Oh, it is competitive. Okay. <laughs> That's, that is, that is fabulous. And, and that is so important these days. I, I love your philosophy that the fair should include absolutely everyone and making it accessible, making it a, a chance to participate for kids, especially that might not otherwise have a chance. What an awesome experience, life-changing experience. Well, what about tip number five? Yeah. So tip number five, and I think a lot of fairs do it, but we probably go a little extra in doing this. Um, is ticket donations. And the reason I added this on there, we actually have a form on our website that people can submit a ticket donation for whatever calls. We review it. We approve or deny it. Um, schools, teacher of the year, uh, foster kids, you name it, we get requests for it. Or a family in need. We've actually had that come into play too. Someone will reach out to us and say, hey, I know this family. Um, they're down on their luck. We would really like to give them an experience at the fair. So we do fair experiences courtesy of the Clay County Fair, our Fair Cares program. But um, last year, we gave out over 20,000 free tickets to our community. Um, And I know there's a lot of people that just took a big, deep breath and gasp on that because free tickets equals money. However, the way we think about it is, yes, we gave out 20,000 tickets, but those people are probably bringing friends and bringing relatives to the fair that are actually paying to get into the fair. So um, we look at it as a win-win for us. 
And I think especially you're planting the seeds for the future because I think we've all heard the stories of when someone does something nice, whatever, for someone when they're in need, they're going to turn around and repay the favor and they will be your paying customer someday and bringing more of their family. That is fabulous. So obviously you have to have tremendous support from your board of directors to really embrace this whole concept of our fair cares. Mm-hmm. Was that an, an easy sell to give away 20,000 tickets or did it take yeah. a little bit of time to build that one up? No, it was all right. Um, I mean, we had some eyes like, because last year was kind of a big number, but you also have to remember we had um, a not so perfect year last year. So we needed the goodwill spotlight to get us through some of our tough times. So, um, but on average, we, I mean, we give out 15 to 20,000 tickets. That wasn't completely out of the scope for us. But yeah, support a board, um, a young board. They have all bought into the Our Fair Cares. They want us to be a part of the community, not just the 11 days that we're in town for. We want to be a part of the community the rest of the year as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's absolutely awesome. You are truly uh, an example for so many fairs to follow. Well, we've got a little bit of time left. And, and if you don't mind, I do want to follow up about your board. I understand that your average age of those th- 13 board members is like in the 40s or yes. near 40. I have a very young board. Um, actually, I laugh because I'm a fairly young fair manager and I have my first board member that is younger than me. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Am I getting older or are we just doing a very good job recruiting younger board members? Uh Um, But yes, I have a fairly young board. Um, I love it because it's easier to get the buy-in. It's easier. um, I don't want to say it's easier to get them to change because my boards in the past have been pretty supportive of change. They get it. They understand that we have to bring new stuff into the fair to be successful. So, um, but it's it's a different. It's just a different atmosphere when you have a young board. So, so what what did it take to get a young board? So you've been there for eight years. You said I'm assuming yeah. when you started, the board was probably a little bit older in yeah. average age. Yep, that's a true statement. They're a little bit older. So I think just creating those relationships with people. I mean, you tend to attract people your own age, right? So. <laughs> I mean, I'm going out, I'm attracting people around my age. I'm bringing them in like, hey, it's fun, right? We can have more fun if you're on the board. So come on. (laughs) Um, Just selling the fun factor, just selling. I feel like my generation likes to give back. I think that's the safest. Like we like doing the community service projects. We like making an impact on the community. Not saying other generations don't. That's not (laughs) what I'm saying. But I think that's what we've been brought up to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were required to get the high school volunteer hours. We're probably the first generation that was required to do that. And it's just fed into um, our professional careers, too. So I think just selling them on how fun the fair can be, how important of an impact we can be on our community. Right. So do you use your volunteer program, knowing that you have to have a lot of volunteers to make this fair happen? Do you kind of use that as a proving ground? you keep an eye on somebody and say, hey, you ought to run for a position on a board? Absolutely. And we also do word of mouth. So um, my young board member, her mom is actually on the board uh, like two years ago. She was my marketing manager. So um, yeah, that's how we got that young one. And then just friends, like once you get the one, they start talking and then they all come together. So mm-hmm. word of mouth and then just letting your fair sell itself. Mm-hmm. That's my mm-hmm. advice to people. 
That is absolutely fabulous. Well, you have done an awesome, awesome job. The Clay County Fair has grown. I know that uh, 2022 was not necessarily an (laughs) ideal fair for you, and we won't go into that here. You wrote a wonderful article for the F&E magazine last year to kind of tell the story behind the story. But um, it's just been great to see what you've done with the fair. I I thank you very much on behalf of our association for your involvement, for being uh, an ambassador with such energy. We all appreciate that so very, very much. And just to recap, the five tips from Tasha. Hey, we could make that a whole podcast, <laughs> podcast. Five tips from Tasha. Uh, tune in. Uh, do don't do donation drives. Start small yep. and you can make it really, really bad, really, really big. Um, get creative with your partners. Think outside the box and, and what you can do. And that involves more po- more folks. The gate rewards a wonderful way to get new volunteers and to take care of the gaps that we have in getting a fair uh, up and running. I love the inclusiveness, taking care and making sure you have programs to include everyone in your community so that they have that opportunity. And then the ticket donations. That's an awesome number. 20,000 tickets given away for the 22 fair. That's that's incredible. Tasha, you do an amazing job. Any final parting words? It's yours. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get some emails and requests about that 20,000 ticket donation. So I'll be waiting for that one. Um, I'm ready for you guys. Bring it on. Um, no, I would just say get involved with IFE. I I was not involved my first two years because I was trying to get the concept of running a fair under my belt. But um, once I got in it, I love it. It has been um, a huge, huge networking opportunity. I mean, we've talked about it. I have friends all over the nation because of my involvement in the IFE. So, and those people are great. Like you can reach out and we're here to help you. I know after this past convention, um, I have been fielding volunteer questions because I presented on volunteer uh, opportunities and people have reached out about that. And it's been a lot, like a lot of people are wanting to learn more about it. So, Mm -hmm. and sunflower hours, we're helping about five other fairs bring sunflower hours to their fair. So if we can get that to catch on nationwide, Heck, I'll sit here all day and build questions to get that going. So um, <laughs> we're, we're a friendly group of people. Get involved um, and don't hesitate to reach out for questions. That is just wonderful, Tasha. And again, you are a prime example of what the IFE is all about, expanding your network so we can all help each other. Folks, it's been great to have Tasha Heider as our guest for Marla by the Numbers. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us for Marla by the Numbers, brought to you by Etix. To find out more about the IFE and our members, please visit fairsandexpos.com or our Facebook page, IFE The Network.